What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of One Before I Die. And I cannot believe I'm saying this. I cannot believe I'm saying this. But for the first time since 1994, the Buffalo Bills will be playing in the AFC Championship. Let me say that again for you folks at home. This isn't a dream, okay? You're not sleeping. You didn't just hear that in your head, and you're going to wake up and, and figure out that this is false information. No, this is true. The Buffalo Bills will be playing in the AFC Championship. That's a fact. That's just a fact. And so for the first time since 1994, we have the biggest football games of our lives to look forward to this weekend. So we were talking about that, obviously. We got a tall task ahead of us. It'll be a doozy. I'm excited. I'm fired up. I know Ethan's fired up. Um, I mean, Buffalo Bills, man, we're kind of back. We're honestly back, and I f- it feels great. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, Buffalo Sabres not off to a great start. You know, ideally, don't, don't want to start the season out 0-2. Recording this before the Monday night game, so we could be 0-3, could be 1-2. But right now, as we're recording, the Buffalo Sabres are sitting at 0-2. Not great, but that's not going to keep my hopes down right now because I'm just, I'm just flying high. Um, so, Ethan, how are you doing over there? You must just be feeling like a million bucks because you know I am. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost hard to describe the feeling – these games, they just take everything out of you. They take every ounce of energy out of your body. And it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. Obviously, you said it right there. First time since 1994. I was born April 3rd, 1994. So I was not even a living human being since the last time this happened. So for myself, Same. for yourself. You know I'm younger than you, Sam. <laughs> this is <laughs> uncharted waters. Um. And it's just great. It's it's unbelievable. It's, this is probably the first time, also, just in all Buffalo sports in general, that we're old enough to really care that much. And ha- like, obviously, the Sabers in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve was electric, but we weren't really old enough to you know enjoy it as much as we are now. This is the first time. Yeah, hundred percent. And the one thing is, I feel like is getting lost in this a lot is taking a step back maybe maybe other people are doing this but myself you know i get so caught up in you know especially during the season right we we win and then it's like okay who do we got next you're always thinking about what's next what's next what's next you know i think what a lot of buffalo fans have to do here and is just take a step back you know especially early part of this week you got a few days until you know our next game 
AFC Championship in Kansas City, take a step back and realize, you know, where we are, enjoy the moment, you know, enjoy what this team has done this year because you never know when you're going to be back. I mean, hopefully it's not, you know, far away, not 25 years again, especially with the team that we got assembled here. But, I mean, you never know. Nothing's nothing's a guarantee in the NFL. Nothing's a guarantee in sports. So, you know, appreciate this year. Appreciate the team that we have in front of us and the opportunity we got in front of us. But when it's all said and done, we're one W away from being in the big dance. And you know, I couldn't be happier. Um, just a little insight on what's going on in my life. I mean, I have five of, uh, five of my buddies from – you know, back home, we all book flights yesterday to come to Chicago to watch a game with me. So, you know, we got, we're getting a little viewing party going. That was the one thing, you know, you, you're watching, you're back home right now. So you're watching with mom and dad. And so like, you got, you know, you're, you got a crowd, not a crowd, but you got like people around you to, you know, celebrate with after watch the games with, you know, you know, you, you got some support there myself. I mean, I'm just in my own apartment by myself because you know every, people I hang out with here either one don't care about the bills or two maybe would not hang out with me much if they saw how I acted during yeah, a Bills game that's what I was gonna so, say is they don't want to watch the bills with you because you're absolutely nuts <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like in my basement you know locked by myself just screaming at the tv like a madman like if you saw I should have done like a little live stream or something of like just put my phone in the corner because I don't even know how I look, but I bet I'd, l- I'd look like a psychopath. Um, and so like after the game, you know, I spend all my energy You know, I don't sit down the entire game. I'm sweating, you know, I take a shower and I like sit back down and like, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't have anybody to talk to about it. I'm just, you know, it's like, do I throw on a movie now? So it's going to be good to have some, you know, life with me watching this game who also can, you know, understand my antics and, and root for the bills with me. So I'm mean, looking forward to that. But I tweeted this morning before we get before we go uh, further into the bills here right quick. Cause you mentioned it. And I tweeted this morning, Buffalo Sabres don't think you're getting away scot-free here. You know, I don't want to be the guy, but I'm going to be the guy. And I always got my eye on you because they like to fly under the radar. You know, one Buffalo, yada, yada, yada. Just because you stink does, and the Bills are going to the AFC Championship doesn't mean it's okay. Just because you stink for the last 10 years and now the Bills are going to the AFC Championship, that doesn't erase anything. I got my eye on you, and you stink right now. And so we're going to get back to that on the second half of the episode. But I'm really, I'm really had it with the Sabres so far. All right, yeah, you, you're always watching over there. I'm with you. I mean, I didn't forget about them. I didn't, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I didn't forget about their – uh, less than ideal start to the season. We'll, and we'll definitely talk about that. That's why this is a full Buffalo sports podcast, not just bills. We don't just soak in the W's when they come around. We also have to be there at the very lows because when we want to, you know, if you're going to enjoy the highs and enjoy the AFC championships, you also have to grind through the trenches when the boys are struggling. So absolutely. We'll talk 100%. about that. And we're not, you know, we're not fading away and, and, and hiding from them by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but before we get to that, it's, it's all bills right now. And I like how you said, uh, just now in this little intro here, how, you know, nothing's given in the NFL and try to enjoy the moment a lot, because I know for me too, I mean, that, that hits home because, you know, 
when these playoff games roll roll around, it's almost like it's like I can't enjoy the game. It's almost like I it, it's a task to watch the game or a job because I'm so invested and so strung out on watching it that I it's hard for me to you know enjoy the actual game of football and even as we talked about last episode with how the Bills played the night game and it was even hard for me to kind of enjoy that Packers game beforehand when at the end of the day you know you you take a step back the reason you're a fan in the first place is because it's exciting to watch and because football is a fun a fun sport and sometimes that goes all out the window when your team's actually performing and I mean, these teams that are in the playoffs every year, it's like, it's starting to be like, how, how the hell do you do this every year? Because we're, you know, we're in it here now as legitimate team for the first time. I know we've made the playoffs now. This is our third time in the last four years, but this is the first time we have a legitimate team that we're going with. And it's like a chore to watch these games and it's, it's exhilarating. But at the same time, I want to say we ain't going anywhere. That that's one, one thing I want to hit home on in this episode is you know, we talked about expectations and, and at the beginning of the playoffs, I said AFC East or sorry, AFC championship or bust, regardless if we win or not, we know the chiefs are a great team. You know, I'm still, I still have high hopes that we can pull the W, but the fact of the matter is, and the glorious thing about this is I'm so confident in our coaching staff and the fact that we have a great quarterback that if we don't win it all this year, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not killing myself. I'm not thinking this is the end of the world. We'll be back for the next 10 plus years. I'm confident to say that this team will make deep playoff runs. And right now I'm going to lay my balls out on the table. And I'll say that by the year 2031, so the next 10 years, give me a 10 year window. Josh Allen will bring a Super Bowl to the city of Buffalo. I am confident in that. Wow. I am confident in that because like I said, we, it's all about consistency and I know it's so tough to win one. But the great quarterbacks find a way. And even if it's only one, right? Aaron Rodgers, he only has one Super Bowl. Drew Brees, we saw him get eliminated this past weekend. He only has one Super Bowl. But if you're good enough and you do it at a consistent level for a a long period of time, you will eventually break through. There will be that one year, the team of destiny year. That could be this year. I don't know. But it will happen eventually. and And that's why I'm feeling so great about this team right now. Because no matter what happens this year, it was an unreal jump to the next level an unreal, you know, season, the way things played out, we even overachieved a little bit in our own minds, you know, going into the season. So it's like hard to be mad to, you know, it's always like sad when you lose the last game of the season, but it's hard to be mad. But the way everything went down, I I am very confident to say this team will be back. And that's, and that's more refreshing than everything. It's not just uh, a crazy run from a wild card or, you know, like in baseball, when you sneak in as a wild card and you go for a crazy run, even in football, you can do that. Even in hockey, right? The eight seed can make a crazy run. It's the longevity I see this team having that gets me really, really excited to be a fan of the Bills right now. And, and, it's, and it's even greater when we know, me and you both know that we were both fans when it was rock bottom. And there, there are some people that are hopping on right now and whatever. I don't care about that, really. I'm not focusing my energy on the people who are becoming Bills fans. But it definitely hits a little bit better when you know that you were supporting this team since day one. And we were, and it's paying off right now. So that, that's what I got to say about, about, I guess, this season, the ending of the season, going into the, the, the years ahead of us. I'm, I'm refreshed and I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's kind of like hip and trendy to be a Bills fan now. Yep. And... And that's you know, why, and, and it that's kind of feels real weird. Quick, real quick, let me just hop in there real quick. Like you said, it's hip and trendy. And me and you both don't like to talk about those mainstream media people that just like to try to get clicks and views. But the reason the mainstream media people 
target bills and talk bad about the bills. Like, you know, I'm not going to mention their names, but we know who they are is because it's hip and trendy to be bills fans. And because we're so passionate that they'll get the most clicks and views that way by coming after Buffalo sports, if that makes sense. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying there, but I don't know. To me, it's just, it's just weird. You know, when people, especially with the social media craze and, you know, the whole Bill's mafia tailgating scene. I mean, that's kind of been on the rise, I think over the last, you know, maybe five to six years, maybe since, you know, like Instagram and, you know, the social media got kind of bigger, Uh, even though that, you know, that stuff's been going on forever. It's just, you know, now it's like publicly recorded and put on the internet and whatnot. So, you know, back maybe five, five or six years ago, you know, when I was in college and you're in college and the bills still weren't that great, you know, but they were, they were better. They were, you know, whatever people were still, you know, it was like, Oh, you're a bills fan. That's cool. Like, you know, it must be fun going to the games and, you know, doing all that stuff. But now it's like a whole different level where it's like, we're one of the top teams in the league and we got this crazy fan base. So it's just wild to me you know, before, before it was, Oh, it must be, you know, fun to go to the games, but you get your, you know, you get pumped every Sunday and you, you, you go and you watch this team and it's like, how do you do it? So, so to have people, you know, saying, Oh, I'm dropping on the bills bandwagon. It's like, Jesus, like what is going on? It feels like my world got flipped upside down, but it's, you know, it's kind of cool. I'm not going to be the guy to be like, Hey, if you haven't, you know, been on the bill, you know, been on the bills, for 20 years you can't you know start hopping on now i'm not going to be that guy you know everybody who wants to cheer for the bills cheer for the bills um but yeah i just wanted to make that comment it feels you know it's just kind of weird now definitely it's definitely as you said i think a couple of times it's uncharted territories for us it's it's different but it's a good different um but anyway moving to this game that you know propelled us to this position that we are in now and the reason we're talking about that a 17 to 3 win over the baltimore ravens on saturday it was not really a game that I think a lot of people expected the, the way it went. Um, more of a low, maybe a, more of a low scoring affair. It was kind of hyped up as the two young quarterbacks and their offenses and, you know, how, who's going to outlast the other one, who's going to handle the pressure better. But it came down to the defenses. And we talked about the defense last week and, and they struggled. And we, we both, I think, said, I think you were a little bit higher on the defense. You thought they played better than me last week. But I think we both were on the same page as in we weren't really worried, even if they didn't play that great. We, we both said, you know, it's playoffs now. It doesn't matter. It's week to week. We, we've kind of, I think that was a big growing spot for us this year, by the way, is not overreacting as much. Um, I used to be a big overreactor. I've tried to kind of settle that down. And I said, you know, I trust the defense. Like, I, I don't think they played well last week, but I'm, I'm still not worried. This team is can come in and have a game plan. And listen, man, our defense wants this game. The fact that it was a 3-3 game at halftime, I mean, holy smokes. It was – that, that's the other thing. Like, for the outside watcher of these games, like, we, we started this episode out by saying, for us, it's, like, exhilarating. Like, by halftime, I'm, I'm almost passed out because I'm using all my energy on this game as Bills fans, you're watching every play so intently and it's crazy for the outside viewer. This is probably one of the most boring games of the weekend. Yeah. Like that's the crazy part about it, about being a fan and being so invested and, and being so, so sucked in, so sucked in and you can't enjoy the game is that even in that, you know, quote unquote boring game for other people, we're on the edge of our seats thinking that every play is the end of the world. So, yeah, I mean, to, to jump in there, like I said, I was watching the game alone I was just like you. I mean, every I'm living and dying by every play, every call, every penalty. You know, I just put my put my heart and soul into it. I'm absolutely drenched in sweat by halftime. 
and I'm getting texts from like other people that aren't Bills fans, but they're just, you know, watching the game. They'd be like, yo, this game kind of stinks so far. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I can't breathe right now. What do you mean it stinks? Like, I have, there's nothing in the world right now that matters any, any more than this game going on right now. How, how are you not? I just didn't register in my brain. But then yeah. I, you know, then the next day I'm watching, you know, Chiefs Browns, which was a great game. And then you, you throw on uh, Saints Bucks, right? And that game was like pretty decent. I think, you know, looking back on it now that I'm removed, I'd, probably say most people would say that that was like a more entertaining game than the the Ravens Chiefs game and I'm sitting there Ravens on my couch Bills, you mean? or sorry Ravens Bills and I'm sitting on my couch watching the Bucks Saints game being like ah, this is kind of like boring like I don't know you know I, you know yeah I mean? no absolutely yeah like that's what I'm saying is from our perspective we this is the most exciting game of all time the defenses stops the um just everything going on like we're like this is this is crazy but yeah no for for other people they're probably like wow this is hyped up to be Allen and, and Lamar duking it out and it's three, three at halftime. Um, but no, the, the defense played unreal. Talking about the bills defense here and that first half, the wit, the one thing I want to bring up is like the wind must've been whipping, right? Because Justin Tucker missing two field goals is unheard of. First of all, the first one was like yeah. within 40 yards or whatever. Allen missing digs over the top two, two times in a row. You like people were, I think hopping on the whole, Oh God, he's got to hit that deep ball again. I think, I think the wind kind of had a big factor in that too. We saw at the end of the game when that uh, when Hollywood Brown was wide open and the backup quarterback for the Ravens missed him going in the same direction. Um, Bass missed a, a couple field goals that game too. So I think the wind was actually a, a real big factor in that game, which is kind of a different discussion I wanted to get into. But in terms of the the Bills Stadium, and you know we've talked about this in the past, where I think I've been on the record saying. Like, I don't want a dome. I don't want an inside stadium. I don't want any of that. Like, this is Buffalo. This is the elements. Like, that game alone made me rethink my thoughts of having even just a retractable roof or something because I think it actually very affected our offense, um, the way our offense runs now. I think it affected a lot more than people think. Um, but anyway, that's for a, di- you know, that's a different topic. But, uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the first step? Like, it was kind of, you know, back and forth, defensive stops. I, the one thing I want to hit out is just, like I said earlier, the defense and containing Lamar Jackson in the run, I think was crazy because they started off good, but we, we stuck to our game plan. We contained, I thought, extremely well. And we ended up having, you know, to force Lamar to throw the ball. And that ended up, you know, working in our favor, obviously. You know, I, I think I've been the Bills defense's number one supporter this year. I mean, even when things were going poorly, you know, I've always been like, they're going to write the ship. There's too many dogs on this defense for it to not, you know, turn around last week. Wildcard weekend at the Colts. You're like, you know, I'm worried about the defense, but you know, next week, I mean, you even said, it, I'm not that worried, but you know, I was, I'm the number one guy for this defense and what they did this weekend, this past weekend on Saturday was put on an absolute clinic and they played out of their mind. I mean, they won this game for us. I'm going to be honest for you. We'll get to the offense. We'll get to what happened in the second half, but the defense won this football game. And the first half, man, I mean, they just kept this in it. The offense really couldn't get, get anything going. Um, you know, we talked about last week, how you were worried about the defense, you know, the offense kind of, um, I don't want to say bailed us out. I mean, but they played better this week. It was kind of the opposite story, right? Where it's the offense was struggling and the defense really stepped up, kept us in the game even scored for us. So 
it, the wind, I, I'm not going to get into the wind. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the wind. It affects both teams. Um, kickers are missing field goals left and right. I don't know. I wasn't at the game. I don't know how much it impacts it. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the weather. But what I, I mean, do know is... Have, I mean, it did have a pretty big impact, I think. You could, you could tell. Okay, whatever. I mean, that's Buffalo. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that I think that that's why I'm saying looking ahead, it changed my mind about, I think, our like, the Ravens are a run team. We're a pass team. It's high wins. I think that helped them a little bit more. That's all I was saying. But the thing is, when you have this defense, it doesn't matter if it's windy, snowy, deep, you know, sunny, 82 degrees, 32 oh, degrees. Agree. This defense balled out, and the, the players came to play. I mean, Taron Johnson interception. We're talking first half, but sorry. Taron Johnson interception. That's going to go down. Uh, as, yeah, we, we, we got to let that have its own segment. Don't even bring that up yet. That thing, that was unreal. We ha- give that thing its own right. spotlight. But defense, these, defensively, I mean, Tucker missing field goals. Definitely helped out, but like you said, it was a it was a win factor. Bassman's field goals too, but I mean the defense just did what the defense needed to do. It was contain Lamar Jackson. I said it last week, right? Make him throw the football, stop the run, and get to him. I mean, we had a few sacks, knocked him out of the game, um, and we just played sound football. Even when they were putting some drives together, when you know the chips were on the table, they stepped up and made the stops. You know, we're we're defending all the way till the end of the drive, um, every drive. I mean, it was nothing was easy for this Ravens offense. Even when they're you know getting some momentum, like I said, the Bills defense stepped up, made the plays when they needed to, and it, you know it's just hats off to Leslie Frazier. I thought he did a great job um, coming up with the game plan this week, and it's hats off to the guys that I always talk about. I, you know, I thought. Edmonds, I thought he had a really big bounce back game from what he did against the Colts. Milano, you said you weren't too happy with him against the Colts. I thought he played awesome, and the both safeties played awesome. Poyer and Hyde, would they been and playing awesome think, all year? And I think you're forgetting the biggest piece besides the pick six, Jerry Hughes, dude. Give yeah. me some Jerry Hughes talk. Like, give it to me, man. This guy played unreal. He had, a, I think, a couple sacks. This guy, man, he contained Lamar Jackson. For a guy that we've ragged on in the past for being making boneheaded plays and for kind of trying to play outside himself and outside the system, he played as well as anybody in that entire game, offense or defense for both teams. Like I said, he got to the quarterback and he for and most importantly, he did not try to do too much. He he contained Lamar in that pocket so well and let other guys make plays hats off to Jerry Hughes because you could tell how much this guy wanted it. A veteran guy on this team, he he was not going to make stupid decisions like he has in the past. So Jerry Hughes, man, that guy I thought played the best on the defense besides Taron Johnson. 100%. No, I agree. I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly there. He's just a, a guy that has been with this team forever. Just letting everything out. And you know, I think I think we speak for everybody. The, the D line, especially the pass rush last week, was very underwhelming against Philip Rivers, and so I think he took that a little personally and played with a little uh, chip on his shoulder. Also, we talked about last week, or I, I said, I wonder if the team's going to come out and play a little bit more of a three linebacker set instead of that base nickel we used to do. 
Klein played a decent amount, right? They started the game with Klein in the game and him, yeah. Milano, and Edmonds in the game. So Klein, it's not like he had a huge impact out there. He didn't play every snap, but I mean, they played three linebackers a decent amount. Especially and, on the early downs. Right, especially on the early downs. And after the first couple of drives where the Ravens were kind of having their way with the run, you know, they figured it out and, and it made a difference by having them in there. So like you said, Leslie Frazier and McDermott, their game plan, I think it was top notch. And I think that's why this team has gone to where it's been you know, because of the coaching staff. And it really showed in this game on Saturday, the, the coaching staff's game plan and the players execution is just what propelled us to victory uh, on Saturday. So huge shout out to all those guys. Um, a little bit, you know, maybe get up, get off the field on third downs. I, I know I don't want to get negative here there, but there was like a third and 13, a couple of times where, you know, Lamar scrambles and, and, and sometimes that's just Lamar being Lamar. I mean, he still was the reigning MVP. Um, so, so some third downs I'd like to get off the field, but for the most part, like you said, this, this defense played unreal. And I think before we hop in the offense, we could talk about the second half defense a little bit. And like I said, I want to give this play its own spotlight, the Taron Johnson pick six, because this was probably what if not the most electric or most important or will be the most remembered it is a top three memory in all of buffalo sports history uh, all of buffalo sports history and right after we come out in the second half and the offense finally strings together a drive which was just a great drive where i think brian dable pulled out all the stops and i think he called a great drive on that on that scoring drive to open the second half and Allen you know put the balls where he needed to be and everyone on the offense clicked right that was what we needed coming out of the half after you know a subpar first half on offense we're up 17 we're up 10 to 3 and here come the Ravens and this is kind of the make or break it's who's going to string together a drive first right because the defenses were both playing great who's going to be able to get over that hump and put six on the board and not settle for a field goal in this massive wind even when you got Justin Tucker he's missing field goals and Lamar Jackson he 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 just brings this team down the field he marches them down he's doing read options he's pulling it out from Gus Edwards gut and running for 10 yards and we're back on our heels again and as good as this defense played, they were on their heels a little bit at times. And this was one of the drives they were on their heels. And they're moving down the field. You know, they're getting Dobbins involved. They're throwing it over the middle to Andrews a little bit. They're playing their game plan. They're not being discouraged by Allen marching on the field, putting up six in the first drive of the second half. And what do you know? We force Lamar to throw the ball. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember what down it was when this pick six happened. Do you remember? Was it like, did we force like a second and goal or a third and goal where they needed the pass? Or, or do you remember how that went down? It was, it was third and goal, right? Was it third and goal? I don't know if it was like second down or not. But No. I thought it was third and goal. I, I'm asking you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I honestly, it, I, don't, I don't remember. Okay. I, I know it was, a, it was a goal situation. Right. It was a, yes, it was a go-to-goal situation. I'm pretty Whatever. sure it was third and goal because that's they wouldn't pass any you know, otherwise. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember if they were trying to catch us off guard or something because I know that they had a couple a couple plays before that. I know for a fact were you know over the middle to Andrews and he was starting to cook up and and Lamar was starting to eye him down. Right, that's the only we talked about this last week. That was his guy. If he's throwing the ball, he ain't going yeah. over the top. He ain't going to the sidelines. He's going to Andrews over the middle and he drops back on that play. And we had a we we didn't get a ton of pressure on it, but we were kind of closing the pocket. And when he threw that ball to begin with, I thought, you know, he, he was so confident in his throw, right? You know, when you're watching a football game and you see the quarterback drop back and they kind of look one way the whole time and they sling it, you're like, you're like, damn, like he's confident. He has his man. He likes what he sees. That's going to be a touchdown. 
That's what happened on that play. Lamar didn't look anywhere else except for that one spot, and he pulled the trigger, no questions asked. I mean, dude, dude saw his guy, and he went for it, and that's what made me nervous. It was a little bit delay. I don't know about for you, but like, yeah, when the ball went into the end zone, like I didn't know if it was like a touchdown or what happened yet. And all of a sudden, I just see Taron Johnson emerge out of the end zone, like a like a freaking like Zeus coming from the skies or something, or or like a like guy coming out of the ocean, just shining armor. A knight in shining armor is what I saw coming out of the end zone, and my jaw dropped. And Taron Johnson, he doesn't even take a knee. Like we we were talking. Yeah, I was about screaming this. him for to, from the kneel. It. I was like, I was like, I didn't even, I didn't. I, I, like I said, I know what happened. So, I, but when he kind of took that out, I was like, oh no, he should have took a knee. But me, my, myself, my dad, like dad, mom, and our sister, we got up about two feet from the TV screen each, and we are going absolutely bonkers as Taron Johnson returns it 101 yards to the house. Trey White, side-by-side side with him, blocks Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson can't catch up with him, the fastest guy in the league, right? And he just takes it out of the house, and it was, it was literally a miraculous, unreal play. That was my thought process going through that. I could not believe my eyes, and that was the absolute momentum shifter in the game. And, and from that point forward, I know there was a lot of game to be played, but I think that was like the last play of the third quarter, and it was, and it was just you know music to my ears. So, yeah, so I, on that, man. Yeah, I, I just threw up, brought up the video here. I can't confirm it was third and third and goal from the nine. Okay, so, so we force them in that situation. Yeah, for defense doing what they needed to do there, make them throw the football. Like you said, Lamar eyes him down the entire way, and he's he was going to him that entire drive. I mean, Andrews was his guy, you know, and you said that. You know, Andrews is going to be the, the the top target. It's no no secret, and they do it every week. And you know, I was completely on the same page. I. You know, was sweating. As soon as he releases that ball, I'm thinking touchdown all the way. Because you're right. Like there's there's these you know times when you're watching the game and the way that the game's flowing, and when the quarterbacks get into a rhythm, it's almost like they can't miss. And that's kind of how I felt with that drive that the Ravens were throwing together. I'm like, wow, they're really answering here. Um, you know, I was just like, let's hold them to three and get that ball back in our offense's hands. And you know, my heart dropped as soon as he released it, released that thing. And I was one of the guys, I mean, hand up. I was yelling, what are you doing? As soon as he catches it and starts running, I'm like, we're going to start from the, you know, five yard line now. But he just unreal speed from Taron Johnson. I did not know he had that in this tool bag, the way that he exploded from the end zone. Nobody was even close to him. And like you said, Trey White, unsung hero of that play, gets right out in front of, right out in front of him, makes a massive block on Lamar Jackson. and. That was just sign sealed, delivered, game over. I mean, it was just like you said, it's going to go down as one of the best plays in Buffalo sports history. It's going to go down as, you know, I don't know if it's going to be on the, this level, but I think it's close to like a David Tyree catch or a Malcolm Butler goal line interception catch. I know those are Super Bowl moments, so it's probably not up there. But I mean, yeah. if you talk about Bill's franchise plays, yeah, it's right up there. I mean, there's 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 not much that's pretty that's close to that play. I mean, that was unbelievable. And like you said, I think all of Buffalo just absolutely exploded after that. And I was holding my breath. Is, I was holding my breath is, for a flag too. I was like, there no no flags. No flags. Right. But the, the crazy part is too is that happened uh in the end of the third quarter. 
Like there was still a whole another quarter of football to play, but the way that that game was going, that was just just felt like such a dagger. I don't know. And mm-hmm. yes, it, I mean the defense just kept rolling after that too. And I was you know I was waiting because the defense always you know we we talk about this you know throughout the year too is the you get kind of up by double digits. It's the classic second half half uh, defensive meltdown. You know where they let up like a quick drive. We didn't see any of that. You know, the defense shut them down for the rest of the game. And, you know, we can talk about the offense now because I don't think it's as fun to talk about the offense this, this week. Um, like you said, they had a big drive to, to set the tone in the second half. They got six. Unreal drive by Stephon Diggs, and he capped it off with a touchdown. Yeah, he played but an then, unreal game. But then after that, I mean, not much to write home about. We got the ball back in uh, – Short field position at the end there, where we could have, you know, Bass came out to kick a field goal. Um, you know, the play calling there, I don't know if I really, you know, agreed with it. Whatever, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, um, I mean, real I, quick. I, already, I already stood up for Dable last week. I'm standing up for him again this week. You know, I'm not not sitting here criticizing him, but you know, it was a, it was like you said, kickers were missing all game. I'm not going to get on Bass for it either. My confidence with him hasn't wavered, even though that he missed two field goals. This past week, I mean, seeing Justin Tucker miss two field goals, I'm I'm okay with it. You yeah. know, he he hit one. It would have been nice to have that last one because that would have been really the dagger going up three possessions. But you know, the offense, I guess they needed they did what they needed to do. But this is kind of the same story that we had last week with the defense. Is where I'm at with the offense, right? Where they didn't show they didn't bring their A game. They got it done. They you know they scored and they needed to the score and. They moved the ball and they needed to move the ball. But they they weren't the offense we saw all year. You know, it's no secret. And I'm sorry to rain on people's parade right, right now, and you, maybe you don't want to hear it, but that's just not going to get it done against the Chiefs. But the thing is, in this league, it's a week-to-week league, and every game is completely different, right? I mean, what we said coming out of the Colts game was that defensive performance wouldn't, you know, isn't going to cut it down the stretch. And I think, you know, this coaching staff, and we said it every week this week, is they are so good at modifying our game plan based on who we're playing. And I feel like that goes so under the radar. I mean, this team can win in so many different ways, and they can win ugly in so many different ways, so that I'm not worried about this offense. I, I have 100% confidence, even after seeing what I saw last week, that Josh Allen can lead this offense to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes in a shootout, even though we only put up 70 points this week. And I have zero doubt in my mind, and I'm ready for it because that's what I think we're going to get. So that's where I'm at with this offense. I'm not going to spend too much time on them. Did what they needed to do this week. It wasn't the performance that everybody was expecting, no. But going into next week, I'm expecting a massive bounce back, and I am have you know zero doubt in my mind that we're going to see that. Yeah, it's survive in advance. We said it last week. It's survive in advance. They did what needed to be done. Was it pretty? Was it the offense we're used to seeing? Like you said, no. But does that mean we're worried about this offense? Absolutely not. Also, these were probably the two best defenses that we'll see for the rest of the year if we keep moving forward. The Colts have a great defense. The Ravens have a great defense. You look at the Chiefs defense, I would not say that they're as good as the Ravens defense or the Colts defense. So that that's one thing to, to think about there. Also, hats off to Stefan Diggs, man. This guy, I know we've talked about throughout the year, rightfully so. He was the best wide receiver in the NFL this year statistically. And, I mean, you you just cannot give this guy enough credit for, for coming in this offseason. This is his first, like, people, like, 
I think we kind of forget it sometimes too. Like this is his first year on the bill still. Like it, it does it take time for some guys to mesh in their new teams? Yeah, absolutely does sometimes. This was an automatic connection with Diggs. And he comes in and his first two playoff games with the Bills, he's over 100 yards and he has touchdowns in both games. So it, do you think he made a difference this year and in the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. Did we need a number one wide receiver like we were saying all last year? Yeah, we did because look what's happening when we have one. And look what happens when Brandon Bean goes out and gets his guy like he did. So shout to him. The other thing I want to say is we might have to think about establishing a run game a little bit more. because we kind of completely abandoned the run game, which, you know, I think Bill's fans for the most part are all but about. This goes, no, but this goes back to my point about us morphing. And that was the game plan this week. It was, we're going to throw the football, you know, 50 times because the Ravens have a really good defensive front and they have a really I know, but it wasn't, secondary. I know, but it wasn't working, dude. What do you mean? We couldn't throw the ball that well. That's all I'm saying. Is one in the second half that drive that we went down and scored, Singletary ran the ball a good amount. And I'm not worried. I'm not like saying I'm not putting blame on anyone here or there. I'm just saying we didn't throw the we didn't run the ball once in the first half, I don't think. And we come out, we run the ball a little bit in the second half, we go down and score a touchdown. That's all I'm saying is hey, maybe, you know, going forward against the Chiefs. They're probably going to game plan the same way that the Ravens did and the Colts did, right? Where they know we have an unreal passing game. They're probably going to try to shut that down. Uh, I'm not worried. I think Dable and the coaching staff will adapt and know that and and put together a little bit of a package plan here going forward. So that's all I'm saying is maybe establish the run a little bit more because it it actually kind of worked when we did that. And that's that's the drive we scored the touchdown. So I'm just saying, I guess I'm moving forward to the next game looking ahead is maybe we can't just go five wide literally every play. Well, as much as I love seeing that and as much as that's what I, I think we should still do for 80 to 90% of our plays is, hey, maybe still get a couple passes short to Singletary. I know he slipped on that one screen pass, but that was like a great call. Maybe go back to that again. Maybe get Isaiah McKenzie in there for a little jet sweep action or something. Sometimes he's got to get a little surgical, and that's what Brian Dable did in the first drive of the second half, and we went down and scored a touchdown. So I don't know. That's all I'm saying. That's my thoughts on the offense. But like you said, it's survive in advance. We got the W. Yeah. That's all I mean, I'm just, I'm just in the position here where I'm not questioning Dabble anymore. I'm not going to tell him that he needs to run more screens. I'm not questioning I'm, him. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong on that. I ain't questioning him. It sounds like you're questioning him and you're telling him, hey, maybe Dabble mix in a jet sweep here and there. I'm not going to sit here <laughs> and tell him to go mix in a jet sweep with what he's done this year. So Dabble, call it, call your game plan. I got. But again, you know, hey, but again, it doesn't matter if he's good for sixteen games when it comes down to it, right? It does. I mean, I, it I'm does just, matter. You you think it matters? What do What do you mean? What do you mean? I mean his 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 season this year that he put together matters. What do you, What is What do you mean? What because do I mean? I'm I'm saying that, and this has this hasn't happened, but I'm saying. He had a great, I think everyone would agree, he had a great regular season. And I'm not, this is, see, this is turning the narrative on me on saying, on me not liking Dable. That's not what I'm, I'm saying at all. I'm just listening to you talk, and I'm just, you know. Well, because I'm trying to give a little analysis on what's going on with the team and just say, hey, good job, guys. Go out and kill them. Like, like I'm trying to, like, see where I think that we can maybe improve upon because in the first half of the game, we didn't run the ball once, and we scored three points. And to I'm me, saying. it sounds like you're like, hey, Dabble, give me the headset here. We're going to do uh, three, three, you know, trips right, uh, McKenzie's motion that. left. We're going to run a jet sweep here. That's what I'm hearing. You okay, know? So but do I'm you just think saying that, I'm giving the keys to my house to Brian that, Dabble. 
do you think that our offensive performance against the Ravens, and again, it's week to week, so it'll be different, but if they if they have that same offensive performance, do you think we, we beat lose. the Chiefs? We lose, Thank but we're you. not going to. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. So maybe change but, it up if you want a different performance. But and he knows that, and I'm not. Different. And he's not gonna. He doesn't need to listen to me say that. I'm just on here. I'm a podcaster talking about the Bills. I'm gonna give a little analysis for the people listening. I mean, it's a fair, fair, you know, claim by you. Or, but you know, I'm just. I disagree. I mean, everybody know, I, knows that we have to go out and score more points. That's just like that's just like anybody knows that. Yeah, I'm not saying that though. Yeah, yeah, you kind of are. <laughs> I'm saying I'm confident with whatever we do. Great analysis. That's <laughs> awesome for that's awesome to put out there. <laughs> just, I mean, that's just establishing <laughs> the run. We're gonna do it. I'm just saying whatever whatever he's gonna bring to the table okay, is gonna so, work. Okay, so let me ask you this because I guess the what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to stir up a conversation. I guess that it's not it's it's kind of missing. It's not like I'm trying to I'm, I'm throwing some conversations out to Chicago that's just going right over your head, I guess, <laughs> and you're not really sticking on. But I guess what I'm saying is more so in this Chiefs game, if Dable is out there and you're you're saying just do whatever you want to do, Dable, and we score th- we score three points in the first half, you're probably gonna be like, hey, Dable, don't do what you're doing. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Maybe maybe get a little. I'm so you know, confident that that's not gonna here. happen. If that's 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 not gonna happen, that I'm willing to you know put a good chunk of change on that. Okay, all right. So we're let's gonna talk score, about this. We're gonna Chiefs score. We're, we're gonna score thirty plus points, and I bet my bottom dollar on it. Okay, so wow. Okay, so that's just all right. We're talking about this Chiefs game now. That's your guarantee. We're scoring thirty plus. That's that's the Ethan guarantee this week. Wow. Okay. I mean, thirty plus. That's the that you know that's the that's the I trust Dable with my life keys to the castle. Ethan Abley guarantee of the week thirty plus points. Then that's because, me giving him my credit card and my bank number and routing information. All right. I mean, I'm with you. I trust him. I'm just saying, I hope we score more than three points in one half. And I hope, you know, it goes a little bit differently than what we saw on the offensive side of the ball. Because as much as you don't want to hear, I know you just said the same thing with something else. As much as people maybe don't want to hear it. Well, as much as people don't want to hear, including you, Allen's going to have to play better in the offense. We'll have to play better, just bottom line. So, and they will. And it's going to, that's, I mean, you want to hear analysis. My analysis is we're scoring 30 and bet your bottom dollar on it. Guaranteed. Okay, well, I mean, if 30-plus points, you guys, if you think that wins the game, then, I mean, hammer bills, like, money like we're definitely going to be underdogs. But speaking about this Chiefs game, I don't know if he, I don't really know if Ethan has any more analysis to say because he's kind of been uh, just telling him to go out and score 30 points. So, you know, thanks for that. I'm not you telling know, him. I'm telling everybody to I'm bet I'm just saying thanks for, your input, thanks for your input on telling people what's going to happen in the Chiefs game. Um, but as I said, I'm, I'm retired on predictions. So if there's anything else, I mean, I guess we can talk about maybe Patrick Mahomes and he's going to play. Like, I'll put that out there right now. He, I don't 100%. Even think, I think I read something today that it wasn't even his head that got hit for a concussion. It was more, he tweaked something in his neck that made him like feel like he obviously looked like a wreck when he got up from that hit, but he didn't, if you look at, if you watch that back, he didn't hit his head. He pinched a nerve or something and he looked like he didn't know where he was for, you know, 10 seconds, which you never want to see. But like, 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 let's just face the facts that he's playing. You know, the chiefs are obviously an unreal team. He's the best quarterback in the league. Um, but like I said, I don't think their defense is as good as the Colts or the Ravens defense. So 
that's where, I mean, if Ethan's right and we play and we put up 30 plus points, I think we have a good shot because we're going to have to, you know, put up 30 plus points to win this game. In my opinion, 25, you know, 30 to 30 plus points. This offense has to click against this defense. They don't really scare me. They have some good playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, but for the most part, I think the Colts and the Ravens have better defenses. And I mean, we're going to have to move the ball uh, bottom line. It's going to be interesting too. It's our first playoff game this year on the road. So we'll see how much that plays a factor. I mean, if you looked at Arrowhead on Sunday, it looked like a freaking sellout. I don't know how many fans are letting in there, but um, I was actually looking at tickets, $800 a pop for uh, 300 level. So I was thinking wow. about going. But, you know, my analysis on this game. Hold on, real quick, do you think that this is going to lead into like your analysis, I guess, but do you think that the Bills – because we played the Chiefs earlier this year, obviously, and we yeah. had like kind of like an interesting game plan. Do you think that they'll do what they did kind of on defense again, where, you know, give the Chiefs, you know, five to 10 yards on runs and pass and not really give the big play and kind of make them soak their, you know, they, we that was our game plan, right? Is like, just let them run the ball and kind of like slow them right. down in that manner. Like, is that going to win us a game or not? I think... No, I don't think that's going to happen this this time because I, you know, I think we were missing some key players. I mean, mo- most notably, Milano wasn't in in the game for that one, right? Um, and, and also, I think the defense has kind of evolved from where we were at that point. I think the way that McDermott and Frazier were coaching, and and you know, and Dabble, the whole staff, they they were coaching us like we were, you know, a because we were putting up 30 points consistently back then, right? We were just a dominant offense. I think it had to do with the fact that a lot of teams hadn't really figured out our offense yet because they're not used to seeing the Bills and Josh Allen at this level, right? So they didn't expect us to come out and throw the ball 40 times, have all these dynamic playmakers. Um, And I think we were also adjusting to the way our defense was playing and the state of our defense at that time, you know? our identity before was always this unbelievably stingy defense with an offense that can't really put up consistent points. And so the first, I think what we play in week six, you know, the first five games of the year, it was a complete flip flop of, of what was going on. So I think McDermott and Frazier were thinking, okay, we got some guys banged up on defense, the way that our offense has been chugging and the way that the the chiefs defense has been playing, we're going to put up 35 points. And so what we need to do is make, Mahomes and, and that offense, you know, drive the field, um, you know, length, lengthily if, if they are going to, right? So make them run the f- football a lot, take away the chunk yardage, take away the deep ball, you know, the, the home runs, and, and make them get, you know, five to six yards at a time. And so if they're going to score on us, they're going to score taking, you know, six or seven minutes off the clock, which makes them score less. But, you know, I think the way that this defense has been playing – and the way that this offense has been playing, you know, if I'm the Bills, I'm attacking this offense mano y mano. I want to go, you know, step up to the table. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you a five yard run up the middle. I'm not going to give you, you know, a little dump off pass for six yards because I don't, you know, I don't want um, Tyree Kill burning, burning me for 50 yards down the field. I'm putting our best against our best. I think, you know, with the safeties we have, I know we had a little breakdown in coverage in the Colts game. We're not going to talk about that. But I think that the safeties that we have, I'm not worried about a home run. And I think, the, you know, the playmakers and the way that we've been playing, I want our best against their best. I want us to play, you know, our normal defense and 
make Mahomes beat us. I want I want Mahomes to have to be better than Josh Allen. And, you know, we don't want to talk about the way that they that's a, the and that's a tough way to go into it, but I think you're right. I mean, it's 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 the AFC Championship. It's not. There's no easy way to get around it. You know, right. at this point, that's what I mean. The Chiefs are just it's hat on hat football. There's no gimmicks. There's no um, strategy about it. I mean, there obviously is a little strategy, but I'm saying, you know, it's not. It's not like okay, we're gonna save this and this because we got you know these guys coming up in week eight. You know, this is it. This is everything you got, and this is where, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches. They're won and lost on. Um, mistakes and hurting yourself, penalties, you know, keeping your head on straight and making plays when you need to make plays. And so it's it's not a secret. I mean, the NFL has been around forever and you see it every year. It's whoever whoever stars play better than the other team's stars. And I, the, the way that we've been playing and the way that we're set up, I want, I'm not, I'm not going to play this game where we're going to try to, you know, outsmart their offense by giving them five yards of carry every time. I want us to stop everything that they throw out their, their, our way, and I want us to score every time we have the football, and that's how you're going to win this game. Oh, shocker. You want us to stop them, and you want us to score. <laughs> uh, no, but you know what I'm saying? You know, yes, I, I, yes. No, I agree. I don't want us to play that ticky-tack way either. I think the weather also I'm – I'm like weatherman this episode, but I think the weather earlier in the season legit had a, another uh, – fa- it was another factor on the way that game was played out. So – I agree with you. We we have to go on full force here. We're not because, we, dude. If you think about it, I mean, like we we try. If you think about it, really, we tried this already and it didn't work. Like we tried to do the whole slow them down. Don't you know? Let them take the top on off on us. Don't let them hit the home run. I mean, they still went down and now. scored. Yeah, we're a different team. But I mean, I'm saying you know they still went down. And, like Mahomes will be able and Mahomes and Andy Reid and the enemy. They're surgical enough where if a team tries to do these little, like you said, like out, try to outsmart them or do these little, you know, things that like they think they're not expecting, like they're good enough where they can read that. They'll read around that all day. And, and Mahomes is good enough where he'll, he'll pick that apart and they'll run it and, and they won't get impatient. Like, I think that was the big thing last time also was we were trying to hope that maybe they get impatient and maybe Mahomes tries to throw one, you know, in between tight coverage and we create a turnover or something. They, they're not going to do that. They're fine with taking time off the clock because they know at the end of the day they're going to cap that drive off with six points. So I'm with you. I mean, you got to go at them. You got. I think you got to bring heat, man. I think you got to get Mahomes uncomfortable. I think you got to bring Milano a lot. Maybe bring Poyer every once in a while. Milano's great when he blitzes. So is Poyer when you bring him from the back end. So bring those guys and and like you said, don't you know try to outsmart them and and not like I mean don't not try to outsmart them. Like obviously you want to like pick the play calls that you think are best suited for that, you know, certain packages are bringing to you, but don't get too cute with it in a sense and, and just go at it. Like you think your defense can play. I think it's a great point that you brought up with earlier in the year with Milano being out and, you know, Edmonds played every game this year, but he also had that shoulder injury. He's now a hundred percent. So it, it's, it's a different defense. It's a defense that's kind of found its form, a defense that has, you know, struggled at times, but you know, you kind of got to just put it all on the line. Like you said, you, you can't, you don't want to lose this game by, you know, second guessing yourself and you don't want to outsmart be, yourself. You don't want to outsmart just, yourself. You just want to make your, put your players in the best situation to win this game. And, let and them do their the thing. way to do that is just tell them to go and play their balls off. Don't have yeah. them worrying about, do I need to like back off here? Cause I want them to, to run the football. No, you want, you want to play your a one football and, and that's how it's going to get it done. And also, I I don't I don't want to hear anything about this week about 
you know, Mahomes wash or whatever his health situation is, that doesn't matter either. You're, you're preparing mm-hmm. to beat the Chiefs, and it doesn't matter if he's in, if Chad Henney's in. We're going to play the Chiefs. And yeah, and, and, and listen, and listen, newsflash, the Chiefs are going to score, score points. So I also don't want to, you know, everyone, I don't want Twitter to start burning down once maybe the Chiefs score pretty easily or something on their second or third drive. Like, the Chiefs are the best offense in football. And they're going to score points. So we have to play in a way where maybe we're going to take gambles here and there. And maybe Trey White's going to step up and, and try to read a pick where, you know, it goes for 20 yards because it, it was a dicey player. So they're going to find ways to move the ball and score. It's just about making plays, like you said, and our big players coming up in big times. So don't go cute. I No, I completely agree. You're going to have to just go at a full throttle. And to the offense's point, it goes along with it you're going to have to score. We can't play the same way that we tried to play and run the ball and do the same thing that, you know, they tried to do last game. It's we're going to have to be the offense that we've been score, throw the ball, you know, be creative and, and score points. And yeah, we're going to have to dial up some gadget plays. We're going to have to dial up some fourth down conversions, things that we've been doing all year. And, and and bottom line, bottom line, like you said, it's about, when your stars, you know, which star outperforms the better star, right? And so bottom line, Josh Allen will going to have to come and he's going to have to come play and he can't be nervous. He can't be scared. He's got to embrace the spotlight. He's got to know everyone's watching and he's going to have to put his nuts on the table and, and bring this thing home. So with that being said, you know, I'm retired from predictions, but I do want to say, I do not think that the, you know, this is, uh, this can go either way. And, and obviously I'm going to say that, but you know, there's a lot of people out there already writing the Chiefs name in the Super Bowl and whatever. I don't care. If there's less pressure on us going in this game, there, there's a lot of different factors. There's no doubt in, the, in my mind that we can win this game. So that's all I got. 100%. Say. And I like that, though. I mean, I, I think the Bills play better when we're underdogs. I think, um, you know, that na- the whole narrative fits our team better. So, yo, go ahead, write them in. I'm not worried about it. I'm with you. I think it's a toss-up. But, you know, back back to the my guarantee, the Bills are putting up 30 points, and that's what you can take home to the bank. And one more thing before we transition off this team is what we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, hey, we had an unreal year, and we'll be back for the next 10-plus years. Like, no doubt in my mind. So that, that's where I want to leave it is we're in the AFC Championship. Let that sink in. Circling back to what we said, enjoy the moment. Enjoy being here. It's been a while. And guess what? We'll, we'll be back next year. We'll be back the, the year after that. We'll be back the year after that. So, you know what? It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, hey, we're going there full throttle and we can come home with a dub, and there's no doubt about it. Anyway, that's Bill's talk for you. That's Bill's talk for you. Let's move on. Uh, a little bit of Buffalo Sabres talk. Probably won't be as lengthy because it's still obviously the beginning of the season, working out the kinks and everything. But as we said earlier, we're not going to let them slide away just because the Bills are doing so well. Uh, you know, the Sabres aren't doing so well. And we're, we're still big Sabres fans. We're going to talk about them and we're not going to let them get out scot-free. Um, Sabres are actually probably, they're about to, you know, drop the puck tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, as in Monday night, you guys are listening to this on Tuesday where they already played. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they won, right? <laughs> um, hopefully you're listening to this and we're one and two, but right now we're 0 and two and that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, it, the Sabres, man, it's still early and you know, hockey is a long season, but it hasn't looked great. And especially the first game, I'll say that much. I think the second game we played a little bit better, but you know, we still ultimately came out with the L and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, 
but it's been tough to watch. Um, I know it's early with the kinks. People are working out, but that's both sides of the puck. That's the caps have to work out their kinks too. And they were out there flying around. And I think the one thing I want to hint on is, you know, kind of something Ethan, you know, you, you said earlier when we did our preview is what you're more worried about is like the, the defensive side of the puck. And right now our defensive side of the puck is a mess. Our deep pairings a mess. Um, our goalies don't really seem to make timely saves. You know, we're, we're scoring a little bit. I think that there's some bright spots on offense, but at the end of the day, it's it's still kind of more of the same on the Sabres front, right? The more things change, the more things stay the same when it comes to the Sabres. I mean, the defense is tough to watch. And I think I brought this up on the preview. I'm going to start right here. It starts and stops with Rasmus Dahlin. Um The kid looks horrible so far. I don't know if you disagree with me, but – through two games, it's two games. I know, and so don't don't Sabres fans don't start chirping me. I'm not giving up on him by any means, but I'm gonna call a spade a spade, and he stinks so far. I mean, he looks lost. Uh, he looks slow. He looks sluggish. He looks weak on the puck. Um, he plays with no urgency. That's what gets me. He, yeah, he he seems like he's out there in Sunday his own stroll. world. He falls down a ton. Like he's just always falling over in the corners in his own end. I get the, you know, offensively he has flashes, right? Well, you know, he'll make a nice move, make a nice pass on the power play. He looks good, but other than that, I mean, to be a defenseman in the National Hockey League, you got to be able to play defense, and he do, he's not good on defense. Um, so if we're gonna be somewhat competitive this year, he's got to take a 180 to his game you look at the other guys on the back end i mean other than miller and yoki haru the other three are just a nightmare um i know mccabe and, and risto scored which is kind of uh you know funny it's kind of uh, i don't know ironic because i mean he actually played good that game who Risto, but I'm, but he's still a nightmare, I think. <laughs> I just but think he did play all, good. He played good. You know, I mean, especially Montour. That guy, he's just that been guy. a liabil- liability out there. Um, and, and I'm just – it's getting to the point where if they're bad, they're bad, but it's like I'm watching the same things that I complained about last year. And that's when it starts to get to the point where we're on a slippery slope. That's when it gets to the point where you have start having your star players uh, be unhappy, push them over the brink, start demanding trades. When you keep being bad at the same things that you're bad at, right? You don't address your glaring issues. Your glaring issues last year were your lack of uh, depth scoring. I mean, we scored one goal last game, right? And you you were not solid in in net, and you weren't solid on your back end, and we let up. I think you know a couple soft ones in my eyes, um, especially especially the first game. I mean, the first game was just a, a nightmare defensive performance, and that's when you know we're going to talk about you know Kruger's decision with the lineup. I mean, me and you have already beaten this to a dead horse, and it's not even game three yet. Um, Skinner's still playing on the fourth line, and. I think we got to make a pack here that we we can't keep bringing this up every pod every podcast because I, no. I feel like that's just going to be the topic. But I mean, yeah, I mean that's it, what it, I said. That's what I said last week was I'm not going through this whole season talking about Skinner not playing top six minutes just because it's going to be literally a broken. Because la- what was it last year was the seven D the seven D scenario right? That I felt mm-hmm. like we brought up every every podcast. So it's just 
the guy Kruger's been the coach for what? This is his second year now, or is it? I don't even know. Third it's a second. It's a second year. Second year, and the same things that we complain about are the same things that are plaguing this team. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll hop in here for a second. I I agree on on Darlene. Um, he the the thing with Darlene with me and. Uh, you know, you said it. I know it's only the second game or whatever, so don't come at me. A lot can change. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, is he has to be better if this if he's going to be compete, like you said. He, he's, he's you know, supposed to be our best defenseman. He's very skilled. We know that. He's a, he's a skilled guy. He can move the puck well. But I think he has to start realizing, and, and, and this is the year, right? He's still only 20 years old, which is crazy. But at the same time, it's his third year in the NHL, where at this point, I would have hoped to, he realized that he's not playing overseas anymore. He's playing in the best league in the world, where he can't just dipsy-doodle around guys with ease. Like He has to have a little grit to his game. And I think that's the one thing that hasn't really changed from his the, the second he stepped on the ice his rookie year till now. He's always, I think, played very lackadaisically and with little urgency, and he gets the puck in his own zone. And sometimes it, it, may, it makes it look awesome for him because it's like, wow, he did that so effortlessly. But then, you know, a lot of other times he gives up pucks and grade A scoring chances. I mean, in the second game against the Caps, the, the first goal they scored, Vrana, was an absolute snipe. But the way he got into that position was Darlene just completely mishandled the puck on the point. He got bodied off the puck. Tom Wilson went down. Great pass of Ron back of the net, right? So he's got to play with more urgency. He has to move his feet a little bit more, and he has to just, I guess, know the NHL game a lot more. There's been a lot of people that make it to the NHL over its history where they're the most skilled players of all time, right? In juniors, they put up massive numbers. Or it's growing yeah, up. Alex Nylander. Yeah, like Nylander. You know, there's, I mean, that's why there's busts in every NHL draft, the top 10, because these guys show tremendous amounts of skills, even the world juniors like Middlestat, right? But then you go to the NHL and it's a completely different game. You have to adapt to the way they play. You have to get gritty. You have to, you know, do different things to succeed. You might have to maybe change your game a little bit because it's not going to come as easy. So I don't want to go on too much of a rant. Like I said, it's still early, but throughout his first two seasons, I would hope he have changed a little bit by now. I, I still am very hopeful he can because he is so skilled and I will stand by that. The dude has a tremendous amount of skill. So I'm hopeful, but it's got to change soon. The other thing is, you know, not trying to be completely negative. I, I guess I you know want to transition a little bit more positive is that I think the offense and I, I love, you know, I think we have, you know, a skill, skill on the offense. It's just the whole fact with what you said with Kruger and the lineup. I think that we're not really maximizing our output that we could be. And I think Hall looks great with Eichel. I really do. I, I love Hall's speed. And I think that him and Eichel work well together. I just wish that Reinhardt would keep playing with them. And they finally moved him up to that line towards the end of the second game and move Thompson down finally. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, there's some bright spots in offense, but the defense looks shaky and, and Montour is very shaky. Like you said, also, I think Eichel looks out of shape. Like I'll just, like, I just, I just straight up say it. He's still great. I agree. I think, uh, but I think he's just straight up. Like I think he got a little thick over I, quarantine or something. I don't, dude's looking a little huffy puffy. I think a lot of guys are like that. Not yeah. just him. And I think that, I think that's more towards maybe the entire league's a little bit like that, but I, but still like, you know, this is what we're talking about the Sabres here. And, and it seemed a little bit more than the caps guys. I think, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think other guys on the Sabres when I said other guys, but no, I know, I know. I'm just saying that there's probably, I think it's maybe more noticeable with Eichel. Cause I definitely agree with that because we're used to him being so dynamic and so fast and, um, you know, on top of his game. So I definitely think that that has something to do with it. And also the fact that there wasn't a preseason, right. He, he only started skating with the team. Like he was even, 
uh, late to get into camp. So he missed, you know, the first couple of days of camp. And the thing is, I don't think keep, that's going to be before you it, keep going there for a second. I will say like, like that's the thing with Eichel too, is like he, we both think he looks out of shape and a little bit uneasy. He still has three points th- through the first two games of the season. Right. And, and what I was going to say is I, I think that that's, that I'm not really worried about that. I think he's going to like no. get into game shape, you know, over the next week or so. So I think, you know, he's only going to get better with that, but I, I think what what bothers me the most, um, other than the fact that you know we're not playing to our full full potential, in my opinion, you know, with, with the lineup, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. I was, you just brought up like a lot of shape. I'd... Was it <laughs> for, was it going to be with like Kruger or, <clears throat> or I just I just completely, just completely lost, lost it. it. Well, I mean. I will say that the power play looks good. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, how about this? How about this bet? Um, would you take the Sabers to win a game before the Bills uh, uh, beat the Chiefs? So that so that's we play the we play the Flyers twice and we play the Caps again twice, I believe. Right. Do we? I think we play. Well, I know we play the Caps uh, Sunday as well. I'm wondering if if that. Uh, I don't know if that game's before or after the. Uh, the Bills game. Oh, I'm, let's, uh, let's just know. say these three, these three. So two Philly, one Caps. Um, do you think that the Sabres will win at least one of those games before the the Bills game Sunday? Uh, yes. And this is my thoughts on that. This is my philosophy. I did. Um, it's like over winter break when you're home, and we did, and, and you know, Dad and I did that bet where he took all the favorites. Um, yeah. It, for the listeners, one week of football, my dad said all the favorites in the AFC were going to win. It was playoff implications. I said, you know what? At least one underdog was going to win. And my thought was, you know, if I look at each individual game, yeah, I think that favorite's going to win easily. But, you know, knowing my betting experience and just watching sports throughout my lifetime, there's always something that happens. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll take that bet. One upset will happen. One upset did happen, by the way. I won that bet. So that's my philosophy here. If I look at each individual game with the Sabres, you know, the, those three games, we play the Flyers twice. Flyers are the better team, obviously. So looking at that game, yeah, we're going to lose. Looking at the next game, we're going to lose. We, we just played the Caps. They looked astronomically better than us. We're going to lose. But, you know, the odds play in a different way. So I would say Sabres win one game. That's my thought process. It's, it's one of those, like, play a trick on your own mind where I think we'll lose all the games if I look at them each individually. But if you parlay all those games against Sabres' money line, like, you'll probably lose that parlay in some way, somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, some some news here. I don't know if you're going to bring it up. Uh, Jonas Johansson got brought up today from the taxi squad. Um, <clears throat> Linus Armo, Linus Allmark is uh, currently out with uh, personal reasons. So I don't know if that's something to monitor. Yep. Um, I don't know if, if I'm it's still ex- I'm still excited. To wa- I, I've still enjoyed watching the team somehow, though. I won't I won't lie. It, it might it might drain on me, but the threads look absolutely beautiful and it's been fun yeah, to watch Sabres hockey. I don't know. Fun. I wouldn't describe it as fun Maybe so not far, fun, but it's like cool to watch them play again. I'm glad it's back. I, I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad it's back. I'll, I'll say that. I'm glad hockey's back. I'm glad the Sabres are back. I missed watching them, but I found myself screaming at the TV a lot more often than I did last year. Um, I don't know why, but you know, I've been, I've just been fired up at them and <laughs> I, I it's it's really you know grinding my gears. So I, I need a win from them. I just need like to me it seems like they. I haven't seen them play in so long, right? That them losing these first two games, it just seems like we're never gonna win. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? We're the only team in our division without a win now um, because over the weekend, the Rangers won and the Penguins won. And the Devils so, won. Yes, and the, sorry, and the Devils won. So, yeah. It, and the thing is, too, with the 56-game season, these two losses are astronomically more important. Yeah, I so, mean, like that, that's what we're I said. already in the hole. That's what I said last week. It's like the opposite of what I said, where I, where I was like, "Hey, positive note here. If we start out the this year like we did the last two seasons, where we started out hot and then kind of you know fell off, like we might have a chance." Well, it, you know, it obviously goes the other way too. If we if we start un, unraveling here and we lose five six in a row, it's just as bad as if we you know, as good if we won those games. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to have to lay off the wings for a little bit and maybe hit the bike a little bit more and, yeah, you know, get, get in shape a little bit faster than, than maybe you're out right now. Cause we can't lose another game or two. Yeah. He looked more out of shape than James Harden did in Houston. So <laughs> he's gonna have to clean that up. <laughs> he's gonna stay out of the strip joint. Stop eating wings. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll do on Sabres talk for now. Bottom lines, they're just not doing well. And hopefully they, they turn around for a little of excitement because after the after the Bills season ends, we can't be like, hey, well, at least we have the Bills still. Like it's getting to that point where, you know, the Bills are coming to an end regardless, even if we go the distance. So, you know, Sabres, you know, you're you're a lifeline here in the in the near future after the football season over. So, you know, give me something to give me something to talk about on this platform, I guess is all I gotta say. Um, but other than that. That's all I got to say, man. Um, Bills are in the AFC Championship. So, you know, be, enjoy that. You know, just let that sink in. Let that sink in. You got anything else? Nope. That's pretty much all I got. Go Bills. Yes, sir. All right. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Maybe get a win, win Sabres. <laughs> yeah, maybe win. Maybe hopefully you guys are listening to this and they already got one. So that, that'll be best case scenario. But have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday after the Bills. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over It's